Happy New Year, gang. How are you? How are you? How was your holiday? Was it great? Did you did you do some kissing at midnight? I certainly hope so. Uh, more importantly, have your downstairs parts, you know, your wieners and your vaginers, have they healed from all the kicks that 2016 uh, gave you in the pants? You know, because that year, mm, fun stuff. Um, well, hey, it's a brand new year, and uh, as such, we're here with a brand new episode of Terribly Funny. Uh, I, of course, am your host and your uh, your best friend, uh, Steve Bazelon, and this is, you know, the podcast where I talk to funny people about yeah, terrible shit, and today... Oh, we're going to start it off with a bang. Uh, This guy is a a very talented man that I met, initially met 13 or so years ago. We were both uh, hanging out doing improv at the Improv Olympic, and that's where we met. Um, His name is Scott M. Gimple. Mr. Scott Gimple. What can I tell you about him? Well, have you ever seen a little show called The Walking Dead? Of course you have, because it's like the biggest show in the history of shows. Uh, so if you like that show, and if you like, you know, that ragtag team of, of misfits trying to outsmart those those darn zombies, yeah, you like him, because he's the showrunner of that fucking juggernaut of a show. Um, yeah, so I, I thought we'd start off, you know, with a, with a big swing here, gang, and Mr. Gimple is going to talk to us about some very universal things, like um, what it's like uh, growing up and feeling a little bit weird, and uh, also the necessity for having totems and, and, and uh, security blankets in your life that allow you to f- feel kind of normal, you know, to actually function as a normal person. Yeah, so that sounds pretty good. And also, I'm going to do this because I always do this in the outro, but I'm doing the intro because it's the brand new year. So here it comes, a little PR for you. If you like this show, if you do, go to our iTunes page, leave us a remark, write us a review, leave us a comment, give us a rating, and tell your friends, tweet about us, get the word out. Okay, that's it. That is my PR push for a brand new year. Uh, and that's it. So here we go. We got a great episode. Scott Gimple coming at you hot. Terribly funny. Here it is. Well, like narratively or process-wise, yeah. I mean, or like the, the whole, state of uh... well, that's like the whole the premise of this mm-hmm. is like that I talk to people that I find to be funny and mm-hmm. and humorous and talented people. Yeah, 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 you're you're on this list. Yeah, no, I, I have to it's, tell people that. Yeah, no, please. Um, and then to talk to them about something that has genuinely been a horrific or terrible, or at least like on some dude some level an annoying thing in their life. Mm. But like how through the vantage point of somebody who is funny and has brings love mm. into situations, how that affects them. Well, I, I mean, if we're talking in the context of the show. No, not no. at all. I mean, look, I actually, you know what? I like the show, but I am terrible with scary things. God bless. No. I, I gave up on scary things like yeah. five years ago when I was having my corner move. Yes. I don't need more <laughs> scary shit. Like, I don't need to act like I'm into this anymore. No. And, uh, you know, this is... You know, the shows degenerate a lot, a lot of things in people, but mm-hmm. every emotion, but one of the emotions or a few of the, you know, we're talking about fear and we're talking about loss and we're talking mm-hmm. about pain. We're also talking about hope and we're talking about love and we're talking about friendship, but it's both sides of the coin. Right. So you do, you would have to, you, you would have to go through a lot of the bad stuff and, and I don't think you would, no. Yeah. Like I like all that stuff. Like I am a very, uh, like I 
when we get screeners this time of year, yeah. we're fortunate enough to be in guilds and they just send yes. like, here, watch our things. Yes. Uh, which is great, but I and never end up watching them because I love going to sit in a dark room that gives me carte blanche to like feel feelings that's projecting like the feelings I'm feeling in real life and go and just like ball my eyes out yes. or whatever. But like jumpy out, scary, stabby things, I'm like, nah, I have stress. Yeah, no, no, this, this would... I need catharsis, not more bound up. Yeah, and, and the closer you would get to the characters, mm-hmm. the more painful. Yeah. Or more scary those things are, That's which is a like fascinating a sort of aspect to the show. Yeah. But uh, you got to sign on for um, the whole of life, yeah. uh, the highs and the lows. Well, because, okay, terrible stuff. This yeah. is wild. Terrible yeah. stuff. You talk about terrible stuff. Well, I mean, it's like it's it's run the gamut. Like I've yeah. had people talk about like losing siblings. I've had people talk about. Uh, divorce. I've had people talk mm. about just being broke and like not knowing what to do. I've had people talk about losing a dog. I've had other people just talk about like a weird health thing, like having worms in their shit. Mm. So it's like it's run the gamut. It's just like something like I, I will say, uh, uh, and it's it's something I think <sighs> I've been very 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 lucky. Everybody goes through awful and painful things, sure, and I have, but in the spectrum of of the people around me. I, I feel very lucky. That said, I think an interesting angle mm-hmm. to talk about. Please. Just awfulness and terribleness. Mm-hmm. And is, as far as how it's affected my life in a very positive way, Yeah, is, uh, and it doesn't, you know, keep pace with losing a sibling, is, uh, but it is something all-encompassing, which is just uh, being weird. Sure. Um, as a young person, being weird and and weird in in a way that I think is maybe a little more accepted, but being you know a, a real geek, mm-hmm. both in in dorkiness and in interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I and I think that you know sort of led into the basement led into reading comics, led into right. playing video games, led into also just not um, not necessarily being about people. Right. And hanging out with people and, and sort of there is a sort of isolation and retreat. Yeah. And uh, that that isn't even sort of a decision, but rather something that comes kind of naturally. I, I think that's become I think now I think a lot of kids would be like yeah, I don't see a problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, like sitting in front of a computer in the dark of the basement—that's well, normal. That but is one hundred percent normal now because we 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 are becoming more and more isolated, and we do more of our socializing via a screen. Yeah. But like when when you and I are peers, when we were growing up, like screens were not a thing. No. And 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 I'm older than you, uh, so it was. We're talking Ataris. Mm-hmm. We're talking television. Sure. We're talking uh, comics that are less than a dollar. Oh, man. Um, and I, I, I think what, what's interesting is, is what, a how much that formed who I am and what I do. And what's, I think so fascinating about it is if you're a kid that's into robots and zombies and superheroes right. in the eighties, uh, that means that you probably don't have a lot of social skills, probably. Right. And uh, it leads you here in 2016 to needing social skills to manage dozens and dozens and dozens of people, to communicate to all these different types of people, 
to um, to uh, do stuff like this mm-hmm. um, and uh, to tell people on a, on a regular basis, people that you love working with, that they aren't going to be working with you anymore. Yeah. Um, that's it's just, a hard it's, thing. It's, oh, no, that's, that's the hardest thing on the show, easily, yeah. is if people do a good job mm-hmm. and they nail it as far as bringing a character to life that is somebody that the audience digs, I have to have a meeting with them eventually. Yeah. Uh, where because I tell them their, their character is dying. You want to get rid of the people that, are, that hurt the most. Well, kind of I mean, my goal was to make them all hurt a lot, um, which meant that the the audience felt something for yeah. them. Um, and I think I've been successful in that, but successful in in doing something strange and making it more painful. Right. And it's been painful for me. I mean, um, telling people that I've I love and have put through the ringer. Uh, and that I enjoy working with that they aren't working with us anymore. Right. It's the worst. Yeah, I would imagine, you know, you said like, just in getting into this, that like, yeah, this is not like on par with losing a sibling. And sure, no, it's definitely it's not. It's nowhere near that. But, it, yeah. in, but in many ways it is um, just, it's it as defining. Like the fact that you, these traits of your personality and like led to like, they led you to this place. Well, it's just a fascinating thing where it's like, oh, I like being in the basement with mm-hmm. these comics and these video games and these books uh, and this computer, this Apple IIe. Yeah, sure. Uh, withdrawing from people. Well, and suddenly not being such a part mm-hmm. of people and then having to wish those people goodbye. Yeah. And to have the emotional sort of literacy to do it in a kind way, uh, to also feel something myself, which I do, I I do feel I can bend towards the robotic or with blind spots or blinders, I guess is what I mean to say. But in those very real moments, which somebody's not actually dying. Yeah. But being the person who wholly and completely made that decision and every time it has been my decision alone right. and I think 99% of the time uh, my idea that drove it that it wasn't even like a pitch or something like right. that um, both the culpability of it the realness of losing someone on top of that just in your workplace yeah. your everyday life I don't know. It's just fascinating. It's like you withdrew from emotion as a kid. And I know this is a comedy podcast, so I feel I'm... No, 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 no. No, I mean, they ended up tend, they tend up being kind of more meditative like this. But like, is, do you think like that when you were withdrawing as a kid, was that like a chicken and egg scenario where like, were you withdrawing because you felt you didn't have the social skills or did you not develop the social skills because you were intrinsically like drawn to being more isolated? I I I believe in biology and I believe that that's the hardware that I was mm-hmm. born with, which is um, a certain apartness and observe. You know, well, I, like I was I was gonna kick a comic book reference, but I you know I don't mean like Uatu, the Watcher, who okay. you know is not to uh, no 
interference or meddling with the things that they observe. I, I, I don't know. I remember just so much of my childhood was about like being in the car with my folks and my brothers and just staring out the window quietly mm-hmm. and always being asked, are you okay? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's just hardware. I think, yeah. uh, inadvertently saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing or not picking up on emotional or social cues the right way. When did you uh, become aware of that? When did you wear like, oh, I might be wired differently than other people I'm seeing? I don't, you know, um, I think, I don't think I've become aware of it until being older. Really? Yeah, or even, because, uh, I don't know. Your life to yourself is normal. Sure. It felt, I guess, I suppose, a little shameful. Uh, but in as much as, like, I don't get why people are the way they right. are. But also, I think as a kid, I think there's something intrinsically that I knew that most people felt that way on one one level or another. And I guess you even wrestle with, oh, Jesus, it's just indulgent of a feeling that everybody has. I don't right. think the coolest kid in school walks around like, I'm the coolest kid in school. No, for sure. I think the coolest kid in school walks around going, I'm weird. Yeah. Uh, that said, it was just those preferences of like, right. sitting alone in my room with a stack of comics mm-hmm. was heaven. And, and, and maybe it was because I'm not going to say anything stupid. Right. I'm not going to do anything stupid. Nobody's going to make fun of the nerd or whatever if it's just me and the teen titans. Right. Well, that's what I mean, kind of like being coming aware of like, oh, I'm different. Because like, I think, you know, the older you get, like, it's easier. Because that like, that demonstrates an enti- a ton of emotional uh, uh, intelligence that like at a young age you recognize, oh, everybody feels weird. They just don't show it as much. And then also I'll say, I don't mean to... You know, high school was interesting for me. Mm-hmm. High school was not crappy for me. Oh, that's... It wasn't like... Um, but it, but I think it also was like this very strange sort of... That that distance, that understanding. And I, and I made some dear friends in high school mm-hmm. that I still have. And I do have friends. It isn't like um, a completely robotic experience yeah, yeah. But, or existence. But it was strange. In high school there was sort of uh, a shift I had like my you know I was I think initially I was withdrawing from a lot of people at the beginning like with high school it was I think there were a lot of friends I I had that we were just it was the things that we were into was the music or the comedy or the movies that sort of formed the basis of friendship and they're real friendships, but, um, and, and still lucky to have today. But, uh, I think it was also, I don't know. It's very strange. You know, it was being interested in talking to a lot of people at the same time. Um, sort of led that sort of, uh, you know, high school political right. career, well, which I is very strange. In retrospect, I'm like, I wonder what was yeah driving that. Because it's usually it's interesting that usually when people come from a place or when they when you start to tell a story of like I felt different and weird at a young age and I was kind of 
made the choice to isolate myself because, you know, I wouldn't have to worry about uh, being ostracized or feel different. Usually that story usually doesn't gel with like, oh yeah, and then I was senior class president. No, no, not at all. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's an interesting paradox of like... Yeah, and, and, and I guess that goes into again, like of <laughs> it's not on par with losing a sibling. It's not no, not at all. But it's, it's like a not on par thing. with losing a vehicle. I don't think. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, it's more just. Uh, but this is like bewilderment with oneself. You know, that's like kind of the most universal thing, right? And the way well, absolutely about. I, that's the thing. Yeah. The the thing. I think that more and more and more as I become an old man and, and somebody who tells stories mm-hmm. is just, you know, Joseph Campbell's you know, basic idea that we that every human culture tells the same stories. Sure. Cultures that never touched one another, that mm-hmm. never interacted, tell the same stories. And it's all based on us having the same experience, which means men, women, people of all races and creeds and colors, um, geographic distances, whatever, we're all the same. Yeah. And uh, for me to say, oh man, I felt weird as a little kid, is how everyone felt. Yeah, which, but I think that's, but you know, I the fact that you were able to recognize that at a young age, like I don't yeah. think I recognized, like I felt different, or like sometimes I would, I would after, you know, um, I would kind of seek out things that were different because yeah. then it became like, oh, this is who my identity is. When you're yeah. searching for like, who, what the fuck am I? This, I'm this kind of amorphous blob. But yeah. if I wear these shoes and like this band T-shirt and like I wow. kind of learn more about that, then I have an identity. I wish I had that. I so I didn't you have like to a degree like you like were very into that, uh, comics were and and video games and music and mm-hmm. music was a big part of it were were drugs and is were 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 drugs for the chronic condition of needing to be away from people right, right. so needing to uh, needing to have an identity was pretty th- that's I think where the roboticness that's where the thing that, that I guess I still worry about is like not giving a shit about what people think but so much so that you know, I don't need an identity to rebel from them right. or anything else. It's, it's the things that comfort myself that I go after. I, I've been wearing neckties now for... I've known you for, what, 13 years? And yeah. as, in, as long as I've known you. No, it was like 2002. Mm-hmm. I had just finished my cartoon that I mm-hmm. did at Disney. And... Uh, I was unemployed because I didn't want to do animation anymore. I want to do live action. Yeah. And those credits don't transfer. Yeah. So I was just unemployed guy. Mm-hmm. I was working at home and I was like, I, and I, I was working on losing weight and, uh, I'd lost a lot of weight and I was like, I just, I need another thing here. Mm-hmm. I need another, I need to be serious at home. So I started putting on a necktie at home huh. to be like, I'm working. Did that make you feel good? Did it work? Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And talk about isolation. Yeah. I mean, that was that year was like full isolation from it just I had a bad breakup and it was just uh everything and everyone. It was just total isolation in that house. Right. 
and uh, reinventing a way of living and uh, dressing up for work every yeah. morning. Getting well, that's kind of fascinating, though, just like a, as a means to like kind of trick yourself or to motivate yourself to feel like that I'm, I'm actually doing things. I'm not just... Oh, yeah. No, and I had the mug and yeah. standing there at... Uh, uh, talking to my dogs as though, uh, mm-hmm. you know, how's your weekend? Uh-huh. The, wa- the water cooler moment with the yeah, dogs. fully. So uh, what made you continue doing that? Like after, because you've been a gainfully employed person and a successful person for some time. Um, the necktie didn't help, by the way. What's that? The necktie did not help. The ne- wearing no. the necktie it was just in for you. television is like putting on a misfit shirt, in, you know, on Wall Street. It's like... My agent was getting calls like, well, what the hell is wrong with this person? Yeah. Like, he, he comes into a meeting, he's wearing the... I was wearing a necktie and a, and a sports jacket. Sure. And not a cool sports jacket. It was a blue sports jacket with gold buttons. It looked like oh, I yeah, had like fallen Thurston out of... Howell. Yeah, mm-hmm. or, or Caddyshack, if I'm lucky. Sure. But the necktie was so comforting to me because I felt like that's what had me writing all those specs. And right. that's what... You know, you, you leave the dance with who you came with. And I, it was neckties were so huge in that transformation. Yeah. Or that ritual of just changing who you were. I did, when I ran my show, my cartoon, I was wearing T-shirts mm-hmm. and shorts. And I, I believe there were, there were some days, uh-huh. I think I wore socks and Birkenstocks. Oh, boy. Yes, which... Is perhaps the most terrible thing. Oh yeah, in, in it's not a great look, no, even in two thousand two. No, yeah, no. still not that acceptable. No, you could have a hook by Blues Traveler blasting. Oh man, and it's still inappropriate. Yeah, it's still not great. Um, well, that's so fascinating to me because a, I never knew that story, but b, it's like uh, to some degree, it's like you, the tie is like Linus's blanket. Very much so. It's like <laughs> yes. it's like a lucky charm, yeah. or like it's a uh, comforting thing. Or but a also, hug for your neck. Yeah, it, it might be more on the Temple Grandin sure. school. The Not to be insensitive, no. but I'm just saying there is something physical about having it there. Yeah, also makes you feel complete in some yes. way, right? Yeah. But there's also like the other side of it to what you're talking about, like people thinking it's like, this is why is this guy wearing a necktie? Like it's a little bit uh, to use like. Um, um, vernacular from the game. It's like peacocking a little bit. Like people are like, who is this? Who is this guy with the tie? I, well, the atten- was there ever that thought of like, well, I guess people I, I remember th- me. I think, I guess, like it's this thing that's so important to me, and I that just feels right to me. Yeah. And yet I know it's um, weird, and I don't want to be weird. That, but. That said, it's like F, I don't. I don't want to. I don't have to change. Yeah. To do this, I don't. And, and even if I did, that feels like betraying myself. Which, God knows, I might as well be superstitious about. Why? Yeah, of course. Um, I remember there was a job I had. It was uh, the second job I had. Mm-hmm. This uh, second live action job I had, which I had worked on a show called Drive, which mm-hmm. was a super cool show, on for five minutes on Fox. Um, did not get staffed the next season. Mm-hmm. The the season after that, I worked on a TV show called Life mm-hmm. on NBC. It was yeah. with Damian Lewis. And this, I remember that. Yeah, Rand Ravage mm-hmm. was the showrunner, and uh, he uh, he wore ties every day hmm. and suits. 
And I didn't want to look like I was just aping him. Right. So I pulled it back. I I didn't wear ties, which felt like a sellout. Did that also make you feel uncomfortable in it, general? It did, but then the, then everybody started doing formal Fridays. Oh, really? So I was like, cool, I'll wear a tie on Friday, mm-hmm. and then I'll just sneak it into Monday, and then I'll just sneak it into Tuesday. Yeah. And eventually I was just like, screw it, every day. And as soon as I was doing it every day, they were like, look, try to be like the big boss man. And I was like, no, you don't understand. I've been doing this for many years. Yes. Uh, What's funny, the first job I ever got, first live action job, the interview, I had been at Julia's place, Mm -hmm. my wife, and my wife. Mm -hmm. uh, And... uh, We'd been at my place, we had to go to her place. Either way... We had gone like from my place to her place, like basically right before bed, and I didn't have a tie with me. No. And I had to do that interview without a tie for that first job, and that's the first job I got. Was the first one I did not wear a necktie to. Well, that's interesting. Did that yes. make you question, like, well, maybe I shouldn't wear this tie? But then you get into the whole wrestling match of like, are you selling out yourself? Because this is something important to you. Right. Um. I also think it's interesting like that is something that's clearly like a somewhat defining characteristic because as long as I've known you like you know it's two days after Christmas and we're in your home cats and dogs everywhere and you're still like very dapper dressed oh god bless you yeah Uh, I think it's I wish it was truly dapper I I think it's more like Circuit City salesman kind of dapper you're you're selling yourself short I, I I see I mean granted we work in an industry where we're surrounded by schlubs well schlubs but also very pretty people sure and I thought you were just writers oh no I mean like (laughs) like Stephen Young Uh haunts me Uh in as much as like I want to dress like Stephen Young and everything he puts on effortlessly is cool and and uh, but not too cool yeah yeah not uh, trying too hard yeah whereas I'm like you know you really want to get the extended warranty yeah yeah. Like, a, can I get you the yeah. extended warranty? Yeah, exactly. whatever you're selling, I'm buying. Yes. Well, I think that, like, because uh, that is, like, a defining characteristic of you, but I think, like, for example, I have, for the last three years, I've taken to carrying around a rock. Yeah. Just, like, a tiny rock that was initially, every time I go to, I started this a couple years ago, every time I go to another country, I, like, will take a rock from somewhere. And I, I had, love it was, this. A, it was a, initially it was a rock from a beach in Iceland. And yes. then I lost that, like, I don't know, nine months ago, but this was like a rock from a beach in south of France. Let like me ask all the you about places, but I let me ask you about the Iceland rock though. Mm-hmm. How did how did you feel upon losing the rock? Uh, a little heartbroken. Like I like tore yeah. up my entire apartment, and I think I was honestly, I think I was wearing that suit because I'd just gone to the Magic Castle, and yes. suits pockets are not as deep as, as forgiving. They're not like yes. marsupial like. They're just kind of no. Like, you sit so. Well, there. Okay, yeah, that's the thing, and it. I, I would love to be Zen. Mm-hmm. I'm not Zen. Yeah, I, I want to get Zen, but you know, you know, it says you know the most pain is from trying to hold on or push that's away. Right. Yeah, but having something like that, of course, I just want to hold on to it. That said. If the rock now resides at the Magic Castle, mm-hmm. there is some comfort in that. Yeah, a little that bit. You brought something from Iceland. Yeah, 
and put it in the magic castle. Exactly. I could live with that. It's it's fine. It's also like and I had a, I had a replacement that I like. I didn't like yes. it much in my Iceland rock, but it's also like a little bit of a comforting thing that like. Oftentimes, I don't even kind of know it's there. But, like, if I pat my pockets and it's not there, I, like, have an instant panic attack. I mean, minor, not legitimate. No, but I, but I, have, I, I have those things. Yeah. I, but I think we all have those things. Yeah. just, like, sometimes they're not Wait, as... but do we all have those things? I don't, I don't think we all well, have I those think... things. Like, yes, everybody feels weird. I'll go with that. Everybody has does things everybody that... have... Well, does everybody have objects that they bring around with them? I don't know. That are part of their well-being actually I don't think a lot of well, people have that I, think, I know exactly what you're talking about and beyond mm-hmm. neckties I even have things like the rock yeah. but uh, I think it's maybe not maybe it's not as tangible but we all have things that like are are totems of comfort and that may not be like a tangible thing it might just be like I need to have my hair done such a oh, way sure, because this absolutely. is part of my well when you get to those those totems mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if everybody has those, but I, I think they're, I think they're super cool. I think they're about, I, I mean, you talk about, you know, authentic. I mean, that's like the number one word of last year. But sure. That's you doing something for you. There's no selfishness to it. No. It's just who you are for you it doesn't require that i wouldn't even see that rock you know what i mean you know it's in your pocket Mm -hmm. but it's a big part of who you are i don't i don't know i i I find that stuff to i don't know to be very very real it's not you're not looking for acceptance you're not looking actually to bounce that off of anybody else you know no it's a thing that most people don't know and everybody knows that you wear ties but yeah, if I could people, keep them in my pocket I yeah. probably would but, but how many people know why you wear the tie or why you started wearing the tie very very few exactly. people and I think that's interesting like my for example my dad for years uh, he's always you know always went to church raised yeah. Catholic went to church every Sunday and he stopped a little while ago but a while ago I asked well, that's, him that's okay which is that, interesting that's a whole question it's a whole other thing um, but I at one point asked him why he goes because I like, do you actually listen to the message? Do you listen to the sermon? Are you like actually engaged? And the way he described it is kind of like, it just feels like, um, it's my one time a week where I can go and sit and be quiet with my thoughts. It was like, it wasn't, it felt like more like a good luck charm. And it also felt like more meditative than it was about the the theology of it at all. Ritual. Yeah. There was a a story about incredibly important, man. There was a story about, it's a conservative rabbi coming in telling his class like I don't believe in God mm-hmm. but this religion is critical to me because it forms my life sure that it gives me ritual and uh, it asks me questions and but but there was nothing about God to it and yet it's so rigid you know mm-hmm. well the co- laws of uh, the kosher laws and, and uh, just you know the, sh- the Sabbath all that stuff Shabbat um, and yet that person didn't believe in God, but it's, it is creating a system for your own life. And that rock right. is part of it. This necktie is part of it. Yeah. And it says, uh, holy and ridiculous as any, any religious tradition. Yeah. Assigning value to something entirely arbitrary. Yeah. But like a somehow comfort, like I remember. And it has become important and yeah. critical and, and, and. And I guess holy in as much as that you make it holy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, like, this was, like, something that was, I held this, like, all through my, member holding it just slightly, like, all throughout my mom's funeral. And through, uh, uh, remember, when my ex's dad died, I, like, here, this worked, this was comforting oh to me, God. like, giving it to her just yeah. for, like, the day to hold. And it's, like, an arbitrary thing, but somehow just became comfort like it was imbued with power just because I, no, it, I it absolutely it so. was imbued with yeah. power because it's powerful to you yeah and uh, I don't know I, I think uh, to me that's something that makes total sense right uh, there's so much that does not make sense yeah that makes total sense well let me ask you so like you're a kid <coughs> and you feel somewhat weird but then you're also Seemingly, like, very socially capable because you're, pre- you're president of student but council. It's like, but it's, like, sort of learning how to speak sure. that language. But isn't that, that's growing up in general, right? I don't know. Is growing up learning to speak that language or is it about forgetting your language? <laughs> is it about, like, not... Sure. Like, uh, and I mean, I'm talking about just being a kid to being mm-hmm. an adult. Like, I mean, the way we used to think as little kids, it's like we're, we're taught to forget that. Right. And we're taught to to be whole other people, and uh, yeah, I guess I feel real lucky that so much of my life is about just desperately trying to re- remember what it was like to be a little kid and mm. to uh, to keep that alive. And I will say, I, I feel those it's dimmer and dimmer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting, like also talking about totems, like that you forget so many things about a childhood and then you'll have something that flattens time so amazingly well, like a song or a smell or just like yeah. some, you know, because we're on the holidays, like one thing like, oh, fuck, I haven't thought about that since I was seven. Or a movie. Yeah. Um, restaurant. Yeah. Or, I mean, what's weird is in L.A., it's like since, you know, I've been here more or less since I've been 17 years mm-hmm. old. Um, there are those places right um, that uh, and, and you know even you know we mix our show at Warner Brothers and uh, you know I've been going there for various reasons since I was 17 years old mm-hmm. just to walk around and look at the water tower and look at whatever and it's just weird like this is now high school like is it is bizarre yeah but how cool is that though like that you've been going there since you were 17 and you were there at, at a much different capacity when you were 17 to now and like does this is <laughs> much that a different capacity amazing way to the track the exact same way yeah, <laughs> yeah that's interesting like the exact same person yeah but isn't there like also like a metric like look how far I've come and like I guess as much as I feel the same way like I have I have evolved yeah. Like, I, it's like a Ferris wheel from a distance. You can't see it moving, but it's moving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I don't know. It feels the exact same way. Like, I'm going to... Everybody, you know, I work with super nice there, but I'm like, have a conversation. It's going to be weird at some point. Mm-hmm. going to say something sort of weird or not understand what they're saying or not recognize the right. joke or something. And wouldn't it be just so much easier if I could just do this myself? If I could walk in there and just do it myself. Right. Um, which is a very bizarre... And and that just goes all the way back to being a little kid. Yeah. And I remember, I think I went there to... At 17 as part of this program to see a movie. Uh, it was this documentary on John Lennon called Imagine. Mm-hmm. And was produced by this big music producer. And... Uh, 
with all these other kids I didn't know. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's plenty of them super nice. And, um, but I remember just feeling weird there. My, my mom is somebody who can go on an airplane and just talk to anybody. Right. And, uh, yeah, that's my dad. Yeah. And, uh, it's not like I can't, it happens, but, uh, I'd much rather just, well, nowadays it's working. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's also interesting that like you are doing something, you're writing a show that is a lot about isolation. Oh, but it's also about people building communities. Yeah. But it's being isolated within this bizarre world. Yeah. And, and yeah. But then you're also (laughs) getting to, like, if you're doing your job, you're getting to like the heart of something very universal. Yeah. Which is like a lot of times you're trying to avoid that. Yeah. But it is that universal thing that we hit upon that everybody Mm -hmm. feels weird. So, but yeah, the beautiful thing about the show is it's very, very different people coming together mm-hmm. in common purpose to um, have a life that is more of sur- more than survival. Um, mm-hmm. Granted, there's other people out there sure. who uh, are trouble. And then there's, you know, monsters out there, which mm-hmm. used to be other people. But yeah, the thing, I mean, the thing that makes it exciting to me is that it's, it is incredibly positive. It's just about people, um, trying to have a life and they're all incredibly different from one another and none of those differences matter. Right. They don't matter a whit. Well, I think that's a beautiful method and ideology into itself, but has like working on this where outside of your, uh, your animated show, like this is like, there's a lot of movie pieces, but this is, you know, close to a, a singular voice and like you're, you're steering the ship. Yeah. So has that like, in working on this, has that helped you become uh, perhaps more emotionally in touch with people at large? Well, what's fascinating is the people I work with. Um, I mean, just even writing it, you know what I mean? Like, oh, not even writing, just like yeah, actually working with people. So, what's so strange about writing it or anything mm-hmm. is all I believe in in writing is character and emotion. All mm-hmm. I believe is emotional connection and emotional reality. Mm-hmm and emotionality to stories that it isn't just plot that it isn't just thing upon it is how do the things that happen change the people they happen to right um or the things that they make happen how how do we have a story that makes you know what that makes me feel something Mm -hmm. that that is trying to stir those emotions in myself and to feel connected and to feel um happy for people sad for people that's the fascinating thing. However, and I think that's that's the story of a lot of writers, you know, men and women who uh, find themselves in the basement with comics and video mm-hmm. games, whatever, that they, you know, want to feel connected. They want to feel those feelings and they put that all into telling those stories. And, and, and why are you reading those stories? Right. You're reading those stories to see what happens. Right. You're reading the stories to make relationships with those characters, whether, you know, it's the Teen Titans or, or whether it's Buffy or right. whether it's Luke Skywalker. It's these people are my friends and I care about them and I want to go through what they're going through. Hmm. Um, and what's funny is, is, yeah, I mean, I, so much of my emotional life winds up through characters, but 
I'm very lucky to work around people that sort of, you know, elbow me and remind me to feel things. Right. You know, we've, we've been able to do some really unbelievable things on the show. Sure. Uh, from just making things happen that we, we want to happen and do very ambitious things and we pull them off and, you know... I have people who like I'm like okay on to the next thing and they're like no no wait a minute take this in right you really wanted to accomplish this story here it is you did it yeah um, take a moment Celebrate appreciate that. that or take a moment and thank that person mm-hmm. or take a moment and allow the thanks of that person right. um, I'm very lucky to have those people who sort of remind me um, to put down the action figures right. and connect. And and that's that's a fascinating thing because, you know, my wife does that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but to have people you work with do that for you um, is is incredible. Right. And uh, and it, it is so important to uh, my life being uh, <laughs> something of worth. Right. Well, you said like a, a, a bit ago about being in high school that you less like learned to communicate a certain way. You learned that yeah. language. Do you feel like uh, in having to steer this ship where there is so many disparate people, yeah. do you feel like you just learned the language? Are you like, does it feel like it's like a facade much like running for student council president? Or mm-hmm. is it just like that you have... Um, to a certain way, like this tie yeah. <laughs> has like allowed you to in, in, absorb more of the world, or is it just like learning to mimic and ape other things? Well, I mean, I think it has to come from an actual desire of of wanting to connect. Right. Granted, you know, you're. Do you feel that way though? Because you didn't when you were younger. Well, it's an intellectual want. Mm-hmm. It's wanting to have a whole life. Right. That it's more comfortable to sit in a room and play video games or read comics or whatever that's more comfortable so you want your comfort but it is it sounds so crazy but it's like going to the gym or something sure it's good for you to be an actual person yeah so so that's an intellectual want but that's a real want and I think that's a very apt comparison because like the gym is like when you're there it's usually not super fun but afterwards like huh okay well you're healthy yeah (laughs) and and so yeah, I, I, I'm, I think it was comedy. It's so funny, like, to say, oh, yeah, being funny. Because I've been hilarious so far. But, <laughs> but I guess being able to be funny, which I will not prove mm-hmm. in the course of this conversation. Go see the Friday 40. Um, yeah, come, yeah, come see the Friday 40 meltdown uh, first Friday of every month. Uh, um. But I, I think, yeah, I think being funny is absolutely the basis of right. of being able to talk to people, mm-hmm. um, which is something my mom had a little bit, and my dad had a little bit. And, um, it, I, I think that comes into play in, <laughs> in being able to talk to all the disparate people that, that I had to talk to in animation that I talked to in live action um, and being able to speak these different languages and connect with people on different levels. Right. Um, uh, you worry, oh yeah, 
that being the boss, and it's like, oh yeah, I'm funny. Y- you worry that it's that's oh, I'm Michael Scott, right? You know, because I'm funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, when I crack a joke, there's always a David Brent, Michael Scott uh-huh. fear, and and perhaps some truth, but I guess even in the attempt, there's some. It's an emotional bid that the other person recognizes, asking yeah. for connection. Sure, there's um, humanity in that. Even if it's whatever, wherever it's coming from. It's an attempt of humanity, yeah. which I think maybe people intrinsically recognize. Yeah. But uh, do you have uh, any advice for like other people out there, kids or mm-hmm. just people who are still feeling like, I feel a little bit, to use your word, weird. I feel like yeah. a little bit like I, I well, need... Well, that's everyone though. Well, it is everyone. <laughs> but like what is like, so you found a way to speak the language or you found something that gave you comfort like with the tie. Is there, is there any advice beyond that? The number one thing I think that hits everybody that from that, that we all have to sadly learn as we grow older that, you know, there was something in our biology to provide it to us and, and it's useful in certain ways, but in other ways it's so debilitating and so, sad that we get wrestled down by it, but it's shame, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's such a bigger issue with people dealing with so many other things than, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I'm a nerd and I don't even, as an older person now, I don't even know if nerds really exist anymore. Uh, it's just kind of being an adult with different yeah, interests. I mean, but there's so much bullying going on. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, there's so many people in pain with, with, with real differences that are being, you know, that laws are being passed against, you know, like yeah. that's a lot more intense, obviously. Uh, but there's so many people meant to feel shame over being different and it's the shame that gets you. And it's the shame, you know, being a teenager, not having that emotional armor that we've been told to have that they haven't yet forgotten what it feels like to be a little kid yeah it's it's just that shame and and trying to find and and this is you know this is shitty advice you know trying to find a way around that shame that thing that biologically has been put into you yeah um yeah i mean i mean it's 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 I think it's great advice. It's not like specific because it's di- going to be different for everybody. It is going to be different for everybody. But, and but that's like, if you can find a way to feel it out. I mean, that's the shitty thing mm-hmm. is like the bully and the bullied probably have the same feelings. It's just, they're acting out on it in a different way. Yeah. And they're both being victimized by the shame that they feel. Now, right. granted the person being bullied is being much more victimized. Mm-hmm. But it, all of those differences will be your strengths as you get older. There's no doubt about it. Um, being able to see the world in a different way than, than the majority will offer the majority such an incredible benefit. Right. And it's, it's kind of what the country is about. Uh, it still is about that. And... Uh, I don't know. I'm just very lucky. Uh, It's been an incredibly positive part of my life. Yeah. But uh, overcoming shame. 
I think so. Yeah. Like not being, and I, boy, I carry it around sure. in every way, but yeah. just not being ashamed to like the stuff that I like or to be. And embracing that and then turning it into a career. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and I will say high school, I don't think I walked around any more full of shame about the stuff I liked. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, it, it sort of, I, I think I, I did in high school put aside comics for, and I, I don't think it was about any sort of uh, what people would think. I just think I, once I learned that language, I right. was I was super into doing all sorts of. I got more into movies and music yeah. and everything. Um, it was. Uh, I think it, it wasn't until I grew older and older and older that it's. But also, it's so tough because comic books are no longer anything to be quote unquote ashamed of oh, no. or nerd cultures. It's been flipped it's on its head. super cool now. Um, but it's also like, I think that the basis of if I'm, if I'm getting the, the, uh, over sweeping arc of what you're saying is like, if you can find a way to, uh, take ownership and celebrate the things that bring you shame. And if you're, and you can find a way to be comfortable with that, if it's a rock or a tie yes. or whatever, and then learn, find a way to celebrate that and turn it into like a thing that don't be ashamed of the things that make you, you like turn it into like a beat, then fucking run one of the most popular shows on television. Find a way to like turn that shame into a positive. Yeah. And, and go full at it. And, yeah. uh, more people will be into it than you think. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's always communities out there in the same way that you're talking about like the bully and the bullied have a lot in common they're just coming out from a different place but the order you get you recognize that more yeah. and you know if you keep at it you'll find those communities where like oh yeah I feel the same as you my shit is dressed up differently and but and the differences are so they're they're, they're all cosmetic mm -hmm. uh, we it's just as you get older you know that most people have so much more in common than they have indifference. Yeah. Uh, it just, it's just the bottom line. I mean, everything else is, is window dressing, even if it's deeply, deeply held beliefs. The thing that most, the things that most people have to go through every day are generally the same. Yeah. People have a lot, you know, the struggles that people have to go through are different. But the basic rhythms of their lives, the basic architecture of their lives are mostly the same. Yeah, well, I think it goes back to like what you're saying, like the um, story structure, Campbellian or whatever, like it's all kind of the same, whatever across. We all have to grow up. Yeah. We all live, we all die. Um, people have it a lot harder than other people in life and we have to recognize that for sure. But, but even then, it's still the same once. Yes. It's family, it's laughter, it's providing to be for safety, it's emotional support. It's like all, it's love in yes. essence, but yes. it's just dressed up differently. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I want to tell stories about that. Yeah. And, you know, I, 
I would love to get into comedy. Yeah. I would love to do that because comedy is a hell of a lot more universal than drama. Well, uh, yeah, I think it can be, for sure. I mean, if you're doing specific mm-hmm. Dennis Millerian kind of references, yeah, yes. Not maybe as, not yeah, as universal. Yeah. But, you know, uh, say the comedy of a Pixar film, where they're not just kicking references. Yeah. Um, pretty damn universal. And there's a reason, like, why, like, oh, Lucy getting a pie in the face was just, like, it didn't matter what the story was, in essence. It was just like, oh, that's at a base level... If I'm five or I'm 75, that makes me chuckle. Yeah, um, that stuff is involuntary. Mm-hmm. It isn't like I'm sitting there and it's like, oh. How cerebral. Yes, well, or even like, how do I feel about this dramatic movie? Mm-hmm. You just find yourself laughing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I feel like that's a, that's a pretty good summation of everything that we've talked <laughs> yes, about. Yes, yeah. I, I sw- I'm going to be going over every damn thing I said, going like, was that bullshit? I will be doing that yeah. for the next two days. Oh, good. Well, that sounds like, yes. well, now you have something to do. Yes. Because it doesn't yes. seem like you have enough and it is plate. the season. Yeah, yeah. To of, reevaluate uh, all the things. Reevaluating your What your, your in your conversation speak. can I feel shameful about? Essentially that, yeah. yes. Uh, well, thank you, sir. No, no. Thank really you. Appreciate thank it. you. I appreciate getting this was, this in, was in a study. so much heavier than I thought it would be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we get into stuff. Yeah. All that's, right. the whole, that's the whole goal, at least. Earnestness, you know? Yeah. I, I think well, it's rare. People don't get into it enough. I like it. Well, thanks, man. God bless you. Only you, only you. I see evidence of you and him. There you have it. Brand new episode for a brand new year. Thank you, Scott. Mr. Gimple, you're, you're a great, you're a real mensch. You're a wonderful person. Thank you for uh, chatting with me. It was nice to have a little catch-up. Um, if you want to see what's going on with Scott, you can follow him on Twitter. It's at Scott M. Gimple. And also watch Walking Dead. If you're like one of two people in the world who are not watching it, get on the boat. Um, also, you know, it's just nice to be reminded that we all have the little things in our lives that get us through our days, be it a tie or a, a, a little rock from an Icelandic beach. What's your totem, huh? Tell me about it. Um, if you want to see what's uh, see what's going on with us, you can check us out on Twitter. It's at terribly underscore funny. Also, I know I said this on the intro, but hey, if you like this show, please go to our iTunes page, write us a review, give us a rating. Those things help us. If you think we're doing a quality show, tell your friends. Tweet about us. Get the word out. Uh, it's a new year, and I'm pushing for this shit. You know what I mean? Why not? Um, that's it. Other than to say thank you to uh, to Scott, and thank you to uh, Hayden Fongheiser and Julia Pott and Kingdom Flying Club for doing all the things behind the scenes. And the big thanks goes out to you. Oh, and also, if you want to, write us, if you want to uh, drop us an email, you can do so. I know I've said this before, but it's terribly podcast at gmail i'd really love to hear what's going on with your life um i like the dialogue that i have with you dear listener and that's it uh brand new year guys thanks for listening uh let's make this one a good one huh you know kindness first all right love you